Amen. Amen. It's good to be in church. Amen. It's good to have a place we can come apart. And even though it's something that we add to our schedules, it's good to come here and slow down from the busyness of the world and, and just uh, have time to take... Uh, James, is, is, it made me chuckle because James was talking about nerves and Michael was. And it always reminds me of the scene in the film from Sheffy in the first, the first time he ever preached. And he's just stood there and he's like, oh, what do I say? What do I say? And then he just bolts right down the aisle and out the door. And the, the, the residential preacher comes running after him and tackles him right to the ground. <laughs> so um, that's what I always think of when I think of nerves and preaching. I'm... I'm Actually, thankful that the Lord does not give us nerves of steel, because then it wouldn't be Him working. It would. It wouldn't be Him working. It would be all us, and He wouldn't be able to move us. So, um, we live in a fast-paced world. Now, everybody's going somewhere and doing something. We got to add something else to our schedule. Um, everybody's just driving down the road trying to get somewheres. Uh, there's a lot of fast-paced things. They got fast cars, and that's not always how God works. God works over time, and he works, uh, he wants us to learn patience a lot of times, which personally I don't like, um, to be honest, but uh, he wants us to learn to be patient. Um, I'd ask James if you could uh, pray real quick for the message. Having a place for us to come to and hear your words preached, I ask you that you even now as we pray the message, Father, You've given the word for us. I ask you to give our hearts that may be receptive to the message that needs to be brought across to our hearts. Father, I ask you to give him, to bring into remembrance what needs to be said. And be with him, Pastor Jose, for your people. Amen. One thing I didn't want to mention is my, my mom's back was out, so please pray for her. Um. <clears throat> uh, so, speaking on. Uh, slowing down and waiting, the opposite of going out and reverse in a hurry. I wanted to, the Lord wanted me to speak tonight on the message, the title of the message is While They Waited. And I wanted to take a look tonight at Caleb and Joshua. Um, how they, they were traveling in the wilderness. And this, this kind of, uh, to give some background to context, um, it's, it's about how the children of Israel were traveling and they came up to close to Canaan and then they, uh, Joshua sent and Joshua went with Caleb with the men that uh, were spying out the land in the promised land just before they, they, they were going to go and take it and how when they came back they, they, they spied out the land, they went in there um, and then they came back, and they were the children of Israel were, were in disbelief that they could actually go in and possess land. They didn't have a spirit of confidence. And that caused, Caleb and Joshua were ready to go. They were ready to take, they had that spirit of confidence from God. They were ready to go forward and take that, that promised land. But the children, of, uh, the, the children of Israel were not ready and they did not believe that promise. And so as a result, Joshua and Caleb had to wait. So the, the title of the sermon is, While They Waited. And while Caleb and Joshua waited, they were not idle. 
they kept busy. So I want to look tonight at seven things that Caleb and Joshua did while they waited. And so if we'll be in Numbers, if you could turn to Numbers 14, that's where we'll start off. Numbers 14. And the first one is, first point I want to make is, while they waited, they did not trespass. They did not trespass. So we'll start in Numbers 14 and in verse 39. And this is after God had uh, told them that they should not go into the, the promised land because of the children of Israel's disbelief. <clears throat> It says, 30, and verse 39, And Moses told these sayings unto all the children of Israel, and the people mourned greatly. And they rose up early in the morning, and got them up into the top of the mountain, saying, Lo, we be here, and will, and there's their, there's their self, their pride coming in, we will go up unto the place which the Lord hath promised, for we have sinned. And Moses said, Wherefore now do ye transgress the commandment of the Lord? Because he had told them that they couldn't. They were supposed to wander for another 40 years because of their disbelief. And in verse 42, it says, Go not up, for the Lord is not among you, among you, that ye be not smitten before your enemies. For the Amalekites and the Canaanites are there before you, and ye shall fall by the sword, because ye are turned away from the Lord. Therefore, the Lord will not be with you. But they presumed, on the, of their own selves, but they presumed to go up unto the hilltop. Nevertheless, the ark of the covenant of the Lord and Moses departed not out of the camp. Then the Amalekites came down and the Canaanites, which dwelt in that hill, and smote them and discomfited them even unto Hormah. And that's the first point. is uh, The children of Israel, they just went ahead. They didn't have the leaders or anything. But Joshua and Caleb, it doesn't say anything about them there. You know, they, they did not trespass. That those that did not believe the good report at first, and then they, they just tried to just go ahead and push their own way in when God was not in. And we need told them to stay where they were at at that time. Um, it's always going to cost you to trespass against God. He never can bless that. And they, they had to wait because of those others, Joshua and Caleb, they had to wait because of those others' decisions. That's one of the principles that's in the HOPE program, on principle number seven. Uh, your decisions to follow Christ or not, it's always going to affect those around you. It's always going to affect others that are around you. Uh, whether that be in a good way or in a bad way. If you're following Christ, then others can follow you. And when you're a good example, and, but if we turn and go, go another way, go, go sin, then there's, going to be, there's always going to be others that follow us. So we need to be aware of the choices that we make and, and make sure we make choices that honor God and then we can uh, lead others to him. That's point number one. Uh, point two is they traveled onward through the wilderness. They kept traveling onward when they were uh, traveling in the wilderness. Many different times you know, in the Bible, God used people in mighty ways. You could take Abraham, Paul, Saul. Um, Saul before God came to him and Paul afterwards. But, uh, Philip and the eunuch. But they, God used them because they were people that were willing to travel. They were willing to travel. They were willing to move out of the place where they were 
and move somewheres in order for God to use them. Uh, God, God called to Abraham. Well, his, his name was not Abraham at the time, but he called to I, Abram when he was in that land. He was not in the promised land. And he called him in that place. And Abram just didn't say, yep, I'm here. I'm listening to God. He listened to God when God told him to move out of that land and go to the promised land. And he moved. He traveled. He traveled onward. Uh, the same thing, it's a little bit different with uh, Saul, but God still used him. At the time he was traveling, he was traveling to go hurt those and to, to persecute those who were furthering the cause of Christ. And he wanted to go in, in there and, and disrupt their, their, their service to God and just basically you know, go in there and throw him in prison and kill him. But because he was, he was traveling, God looked at that and he said, there's somebody I can use. There's somebody I can use. He was traveling and God came to him while he was traveling on his way to do them harm. And he came to them and he, and he revealed himself to uh, Saul, changed the name to Paul. And then he, because he was, he had that passion against those Christians. He was in that place. He was, he was willing to go out and, and, and hurt those who would follow Christ. And God turned that right around. And he was able to use that. Because he had been in that place, he knew that God wanted him to, to be just as passionate in following Christ. So God, God uses people who will travel. God uses people. He used people that did not trespass, did not trespass, and he uses people that will travel onward. And that's two. And three is, if you're taking notes, it's Joshua and Caleb did not trespass. Joshua and Caleb did not travel onward, or they did travel onward, and they endured, number three is they endured tribulation. You could turn to James 1. James 1 <clears throat> and verse 2. James 1 and verse 2. You know, when they were traveling, when uh, Joshua and Caleb and the children of Israel were traveling around in the wilderness. I'm sure they endured hardships along the way. Uh, not only physical, but spiritual. Even though, you know, God did not allow their raiment and their shoes to wear out, they still went through hard times. Uh, James 1 and 2 says, My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into divers temptations, knowing this, and that's right there in verse 3, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her entire work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. And if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, let, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. You know, wandering in that wilderness for 40 years, it took time. It took time and there were hardship, hardships. 
uh, I'm sure there was dust. You might not necessarily think of dust as a hardship, uh, but when you're living in a tent for 40 years, it can be, it probably can be quite annoying. <laughs> um, you know, it makes me think of, and, and behold, Moses looked across the, across the, the whole camp of Israel, and there was a big haze there, and everybody was beating out their, their rugs from all the dust that had accumulated, and, and they had to do it again year after year after year. Um, but there was dust, and I'm sure there was, if you're living in a tent, I'm sure there was bugs. Um, you know, there's different difficulties that they went through. Because when you're wandering in a wilderness, oftentimes it's hard. Joshua and Caleb, they endured those tribulations. And also at times they, I'm sure they probably had to deal with others in, in their own camp who were envious and bitter against them. Because when God said that they, they couldn't travel to the promised land because of their disbelief, um, he, said, he also said at that time, Anybody that was 20 and up, that had traveled, that had seen God work, passing through the Red Sea, and uh, seeing the water come out of the rock, anyone who was 20 and up, they just kind of died off in that wilderness as they were wandering. They didn't get to see that promised land. So the, the Joshua and Caleb, they probably had to deal with others who were envious and bitter against them because they were willing to go forward and trust God. But because of uh, the children of Israel's unbelief, they had to wait again. So they endured that tribulation. You know, keep going through the tough times. God's going to use them to build character. Just stay close to him and stay... Stay true to him, which is my next point, is number four. They stayed true. They stayed close to God. Because they knew they weren't depending on themselves. They, were, they, they, they stayed true to God because they knew that he was the one who could give them that conf confidence and that victory. They stayed true to him um, and oftentimes, sometimes we'll, I know because this is personal in my life, um, when I was still learning to get close to God, is sometimes you'll wake up and you're like, oh, and I'm like, oh, I didn't read my Bible this morning. Um, but that's, that's what keeps us close to God, is that daily reading and relation, that relationship with God, that prayer, that reading, it's that close relationship that keeps us close, that'll help us to stay true to the Lord. Just worshiping God. So I'd ask you tonight, are you keeping close? Are you keeping close? You have that, that, are you so near to God? It makes me think of the song, near to the heart of God. Are you so close to him? That's what I, that's what I want in my life is, and I want to be so close to God that I can hear, literally hear his heartbeat. When he tells me something, he doesn't have to tell me twice. Because I'm listening so intently to that still, small voice that I can immediately discern what he wants me to do for him. So they did not trespass. They traveled onward. 
They endured tribulation and they stayed true. Are you keeping close? Uh, turn to Joshua 1 7. Do you want to do look at one more thing for um, the staying true? Joshua 1 7. I was looking at this and it was neat to see the similarities between another portion of Scripture. Joshua 1.7. And it says, Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not, turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. And this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then that thou shalt have good success. And I was reading that, and immediately the similarity between Psalm 1 came to mind. It says, you know, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight shall be in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And this says, But thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Um, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. It says, And he shall be like a um, in Psalms 1, it has, says, And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. So um, keep on staying true to God. And number five is they were not, they were not terrified. Uh, no, if you could turn to Numbers 13.30. Numbers 13.30. Go back to Numbers. And this is when the spies had come back um, after returning from searching of the land. Uh, it, and uh, yeah, Numbers 13.30. It says, And Caleb stood the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it. There's their confidence in, the, in, in God because they, they were staying true. And, it's, and it says, For we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of, it, of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are men of a great stature. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. You know, Israel, so, they focused so much on how big the giants were, they temporarily forgot how much bigger God was. Because we serve a big God. A lot of times we limit him in, what, in how we approach what we think are our problems. We take control of our problems and, and we limit God because we put him in a box when he's much, much bigger than we could ever imagine.
And it's interesting, it was interesting to me to see in verse 33, it says, uh, in, this, in the rest of the spies, they said, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And not only did they say that, they said, so we were in their sight also. So they, they got so afraid that they were thinking, you know, we're, we're just grasshoppers. And whatever you focus on in your life, whatever you zone in on, whatever, you, whatever you're thinking about, if you think about that, that's eventually what you will become. So make sure you focus on that courage, that confidence in the Lord. Because if you focus on, you're thinking to yourself, you know, I'm a grasshopper. You're probably going to end up squished on the windshield, going by something else bigger going down the road. You're going to just, you're just going to, you're going to perish for that lack of vision because you think you're a grasshopper. Um, grasshoppers are ugly, anyways, but. <laughs> So we need to see ourselves in, in the way that God sees us and have that confidence. Um, it makes me think of uh, skiers when they're doing cross-country, or not cross-country skiing, but downhill skiing on, in, the, in a bunch of trees. You'll, you'll hear like the instructors. A lot of times you'll, you'll think like, you, you would think when you're going through something like that where there's a lot of trees and you're going fast, you know, don't hit the trees, don't hit the trees, don't hit the trees, don't hit the trees. But when you end up thinking about the trees so much, that's all you see, and you go, you know, smack right into the tree. So, you know, it's, instead of thinking of the trees, they say, you know, follow the snow path, follow the path, and then that's what you're going to see because you're thinking about. That's what you're focused on. Uh, Caleb and Joshua, they knew that they had the upper hand and were confident because they were focused on that. They were not terrified because they knew God was on their side because they had been close to him. They were staying true. Uh, get to turn to one more place for that. Second, Sim- yeah. Second Timothy, one seven. Second Timothy, one seven. <clears throat> and there it is. There, there again. It is. They were focused on that victory. God's not, for God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou uh, part, partaker of the afflictions of the gospel, according to the power of God, who hath saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. And the word courageous or courage is also mentioned you know, many times in Joshua. Be of, be of a good courage. Um, it's, no, it's mentioned in Psalms. You don't have to turn there, but I'm going to turn to uh, Hebrews 12.2. Hebrews 12.2. And this is what we want to see when we're that, that, in that vision of, of seeing, you know, what God has for us. It says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, 
who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. You know, we need to be looking, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Faith. Uh, number six, they trained. They trained to gain the upper hand. All those years spent in the wilderness was time that they used to train. And that's what we need to be doing with our minds, you know, keeping in God's word, staying true, training our minds and disciplining our minds so that we can be ready, ready to give that gospel to others. And they use that time to train not only their bodies and their minds, but in training others to be ready and preparing them to enter Canaan. Because there was a whole generation growing up, they hadn't, maybe they necessarily hadn't, they were still really, really young. And when they were, when they were crossing the Red Sea, maybe they hadn't, they, don't, they didn't remember, or they, they hadn't seen God do those mighty works. And so they were training that younger, I imagine they spent time to train, to train that younger generation up which is so important. Uh, that's why the, the, in the OCC, when they have the, the, sun, the younger scun, Sunday school classes, it's important to train up those younger ones so that they can continue to carry on that legacy. Uh, we got 2 Timothy 2.15. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not, needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You know, there's that study, studying to prepare our mind to go forward and take that, that promised land. Not just living, not just kind of living in a day-to-day -day life, but being willing to reach out to others and, and be a blessing to them. Living in that, living, going, and going forward and taking that promised land that God has for us. And, you know, we need to discipline ourselves to, you know, keep studying and training our minds with God's word teaching those things to others and training them to be strong. A good example is uh, uh, Paul when he was training Timothy. He spent a lot of time with him, training him up. You know, uh, 2 Timothy 2.1. 2 Timothy 2.1. And he's writing to Timothy. And he's saying, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Those, there's those things that he was training them, that Paul was training Timothy, and he was using them. And then he said to Timothy, you know, once I've been teaching you, go ahead and teach others also, that, you can, that they can teach others and then those People can teach others, and those people that are being trained, they're just going to, they're just going to keep on carrying that legacy of, of training others up. That's, that's a very important thing. Uh, yeah, and they kept, they kept practicing. Also, uh, Joshua 14.7. Joshua 14.7. You know, Joshua and Caleb... They were well advanced in years. Um, jo or, uh, yeah, Joshua was around 40 when they went to spy out the land. And then that was another 40 years of, of wandering in the wilderness. So he had to be, be between you know, 70 and 80 around there. 
probably well into his, in, into his 80s. But that did not give them a reason to have an excuse, like Michael was saying. Um, they didn't use that as an excuse to just stop training and quit. You know, while the rest of Israel was just kind of moping around in a circle in the wilderness, you know, I always think of, it made me think of, I was talking with some of the guys about that and, and when we were messaging each other and like, yeah, Israel is just, you know, moping around in a circle and Joshua and Caleb, they're the ones they threw on the weighted vests and all their gear and they grabbed their sword and they're doing, they're doing laps, you know, they're training, they're training, they're building their muscles, they're, they're training up so that, you know, they're counting down the years, 10, 9, you know, 8, 7, 6. How many more years? They're, they're just waiting for that, that moment to go into the promised land. They, they didn't sit idle. They were training up so that they could be ready to do that. And finally, number seven. All, all this time, they were careful to maintain a thankful heart. For all God had done. And that was the, the theme of Youth Ablaze this year. That was a blessing. Um, for all God's done, for all he hath done for us, you know, an attitude of gratitude will put your heart in the, in the right latitude. Psalms 77, 11. And there's, there's a ton of places I could go to. Um, a lot of the psalms are psalms of thankfulness and praise. It was kind of interesting that this is the one that I picked because um, I just looked it up and I was like, you know, Psalms of Praise, um, and the Lord led me to this one, Psalm 77. I'm not very good at multitasking sometimes. I get talking and my, and my fingers don't move. <laughs> Psalm 77, 11. says, I will remember the works of the Lord. In order to be thankful, it's important to remember what God has done for us. I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will, re I will remember thy wonders of old. I will meditate also of all thy work and talk of thy doings. And it goes down through here. And it's... It's interesting because the, the next chapter talks about how the children of Israel were wandering in the wilderness. And I was like, I thought that was kind of neat because God connected that together in Psalms 78. Uh, there's many references to that God's guidance and uh, being thankful uh, for such a great God as they were in the wilderness and he provided for them. Uh, it's easy to forget what God has done for us unless we make it a point to remember what God has done for us. Have a, have a, uh, Joshua 4.1 is the last place we'll turn. Joshua Joshua 4.1, and this is an, an example of that remembrance so that they, were, they wouldn't forget to be thankful. It says, and it came to pass when all the people were clean passed over Jordan 
that the Lord spake unto Joshua, saying, Take you twelve men out of the people, out of every tribe, a man. And command ye them, saying, Take you hence out of the midst of Jordan, out of the place where the priest's feet stood firm, twelve stones, and ye shall carry them over with you, and leave them in the lodging place, where ye shall lodge this night. Then Joshua <clears throat> called the twelve men whom he had prepared of the children of Israel out of every tribe and man. And it goes on to say um, how they took those stones and set them up. Not only, not only they took those ones and those twelve stones and set them up where they were lodging that night, but they actually put some right in the river too. Also, uh, just for remembrance, now. I wouldn't recommend taking stones and setting them up in your house um, as a remembrance because God is so good that no matter how big of a house you have, if you put stones up for a remembrance, you're going to need a quarry and your house will fall down. I'm just saying. So, <laughs> so um, but take time to maybe just jot something down. That's why journaling is so important. You might not have to write like a four-page uh, story or novel or whatever you're going to call it of everything that God has done for you but if you take time to jot down just just something simple like what he did that day um, and as long as you have those remembrance you can look back and it's easy it's, it's a lot easier to be thankful because you remember those <clears throat> They did not trespass. They traveled onward. They endured tribulation. They stayed true. They were not terrified. They kept training, and they were thankful. Seven things that they did, that Joshua and Caleb did, while they were waiting. I just want to read a short poem. Oh, it's Waiting on God because he's worth waiting for. It's desperately, helplessly, longingly, I cried. Quietly, patiently, lovingly, God replied. I pled and I wept for a clue to my fate, and the master so gently said, wait. Wait, you say, wait, my indignant reply. Lord, I need answers. I need to know why. Is your hand shortened, or have you not heard? By faith I have asked, and I'm claiming your word. My future and all to which I relate hangs in the balance, and you tell me to wait. I'm needing a yes, a go-ahead sign, or even a no to which I can resign. You promised, dear Lord, that if we believe, we need but to ask and we shall receive. And Lord, I've been asking, and this is my cry. I'm, wearying, I'm weary of asking. I need a reply. Then quietly, softly, I learned of my fate as my master replied again, wait. So I slumped in my chair, defeated and taught, and grumbled to God, so I'm waiting for what? He seemed then to kneel, and his eyes met with mine, and he tenderly said, I could give you a sign. I could shake the heavens and darken the sun. I could raise the dead and cause mountains to run. I could give all you seek, and pleased you would be. You'd have what you want, but you wouldn't know me. You'd not know the depth of my love for each saint. You'd not know the power that I give to the faint. You'd not learn to see through clouds of despair. You'd not learn to trust just by knowing I'm there. 
You do not know the joy of resting in me when darkness and silence are all you can see. You'd never experience the fullness of love when the peace of my spirit descends like a dove. You would know that I give and I save for a start, but you'd not know the depth of the beat of my heart. The glow of my comfort late into the night, the faith that I give when you walk without sight. The depth that's beyond getting just what you ask from an infinite God who makes what you have last. You'd never know, should your pain quickly flee, what it means that my grace is sufficient for thee. Yes, your dearest dreams overnight would come true, but oh the loss if you missed what I'm doing in you. So be silent, my child, and in time you will see that the greatest of gifts is to truly know me. And though oft my answers seem terribly late, my most precious answer of all is still wait. So be, God can use people that are willing to wait on him. Pastor. Pastor.